Yeah, it was a trial in a sense. I know they, because we had talked about it, a couple of the girls had come, come through and you want to make sure you fit because at the time it was affiliate. So like the person who's coming was going to be moving there and like living there and interacting with everyone. And um, so not only just like a personality fit, but also fit enough to be able to compete at the team because, you know, Rich, everything he's built is, I mean, incredible. And there is an expectation when you come and you're going to be a part of the team that, you know, you're here to, try and win the CrossFit Games, you know, or that's the the goal. The one goal is win the CrossFit Games. You know, there's not any, like, um, wiggle room for that. And um, so making sure it was the right fit for both of us, too, that, you know, if I was going to pick up and move my entire life there, was that going to be a right fit for me? And it has been a perfect fit. So um, I'm super grateful that I got to drop that DM and that I'm still here. <laughs> Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey everyone, we are running the hashtag road to a thousand subscribers. Uh, we are trying to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. And I want you to listen to this next clip from last Wednesday's roundtable, where Dave Newman and I talk about the details on how you can win an RX jump rope. We have talked about this. It started on games weekend that uh, our podcast wanted to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, when you hit a thousand subscribers. It allows you to do so much more. Uh, you have the ability to go live from different events, things like that. And games weekend, we really wanted to kind of go live and do some commentary of the games, but we couldn't because we don't have enough subscribers. So I reached out to Dave and uh, he has agreed to sponsor this kind of giveaway that we're doing in our road to a thousand. And that is every time we hit a new century mark, we're going to give away an RX jump rope, the original RX jump rope. You get to pick the colors. You get to pick the, the thickness of the rope. Um, but we want to give away a rope every, every hundred new subscribers we get. The key to that is you have to be a public profile when you subscribe. Hit that subscribe button if you're public. I get to see your name. And so that way we can draw from those names and give away that jump rope every hundred subscribers. And so we are super stoked about this. Uh, we wanted to do something fun with it. And Dave and his team came up with this kind of concept and we're really excited to keep moving forward with that. Yeah. We're excited to help you along with that. And something I didn't tell you, but I might as well, I might as well put it out there. 
we're going to throw some other little goodies in there. We're not going to say what they are, but, uh, and it may be different every single time, but whoever, uh, whoever wins is going to get some extra little stuff in there. So it should be oh, fun. That's awesome. And so make sure you hit that subscribe button, tell your friends, tell your family, because the faster we get to the next century mark, the next time we draw for another rope and you're, you're involved, whether you are the first subscriber or the thousandth subscriber, you're still eligible to win uh, in these, in these giveaways. So, and now off to this week's episode with Tasia Persevich. Hey. Hi. Hey, Tasia, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Great. I'm so sorry for all the confusion. Thank you so much for just being patient with me. It's, it's really hard to schedule things during the week at Mayhem just because things just happen. You're like, all right, you need to be here for a media interview. I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all good. We, um, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of pressure on us. We have a couple episodes recorded, so we're, we're kind oh. of in a, in a more laid-back moment. Yeah, uh, Some weeks it gets a little more frantic, but, but we're, we're okay. all good. Good. I feel bad. So um, thank you again for just meeting with me on short notice. So we are, we are really laid back. We just want to have a conversation. Um, and we try to be, we try to be a little bit different and learn more about you, the person, um, a little bit. Sorry, my alarm went off. Um, and, uh, so it'll be, it'll be really, really laid back and easy to get through. Um, we already hit record. I'm trying to go through all the, the notes. Um, uh, we already hit record, so we're already recording. But um, I guess for our listeners, we are with Tasia Persevich. Did I get hey. that right? You did. All right. And uh, she is a three-time games athlete, two-time team champion. Um, so let's start with this year and, and your coaching of Haley, and then we'll go back and kind of hit on you a little bit because that's kind of the most fresh thing in your mind probably is you got to go to the games this year as Haley's coach. So how yeah, did that all, yeah. all develop first, the relationship with Haley and you becoming her coach? Sure. So, I mean, Haley came to CrossFit Mayhem. I've been at CrossFit Mayhem for three years now and Haley has been for two. Um, so she came in originally was going to be on our team independence cross of mayhem independence and then how things shifted out she competed individual in 2019 instead of on a team and did incredible she came in sixth place in the world there um and a lot of our training in 2019 i was paired with Haley, and so we did a lot of our training together and um just a ton of it and she would sub in for china on the worm when china wasn't there because dre rich and i were all in the gym at the same time so I spent a ton of time with Haley and just working out with her, getting to know her. Um, she's obviously absolutely incredible. And um, we heading up to the games, we knew that it was going to be a unique situation where only one person was allowed to go with each athlete. And um, so that person wasn't just going to be a coach. They're going to be, you know, like bag carrier, masseuse, like food maker, you know, like anything that it could be. And, um obviously rich is an incredible coach and he definitely you know he does all of our programming and he is the one who helps you know lead the way um but it made more sense for me to travel with Haley um and be there with her so I got the opportunity to go to Aromas and help her through all the things 
at the games, which was a ton. Um, and Watcher just obviously finished fourth. And it was it was an incredible experience. I literally just was talking about it um, with Rory and our media team. And man, it was, it was so hard to put into words because it was so cool. So you've been to the games a couple times as a competitor. We've had um, Justin Cutler and Matt O'Keefe on in the last couple episodes, and they talked about the, the overall vibe at the games this year was very different than in years past, probably because of the shakeup a little bit, but also because it was only five athletes. So a lot more attention could be paid to those athletes. What was your sense while you were there? Yeah, I definitely agree that it was a unique atmosphere because you didn't have you know, like they said, all these athletes or even spectators, or just people around. It was a much smaller, more intimate setting um, for the athletes. And it was cool to see CrossFit. They did an incredible job just really taking care of those five men and five women and, you know, giving them things that, that you probably wouldn't experience in a normal game situation because there's so many people. Um, and yeah, the attention was definitely a little bit more set on each athlete, which was cool. It still had the same feel from like competing there as far as it doesn't matter if there's people in the stands, like you're still going to go out and, you know, try to win the workout. So there's still that underlying feel like this is across the games and you're going to go and sell your soul. So um, yeah, it was a unique experience. What was it like seeing the CEO try the workouts after they were over? Uh, Eric is awesome. It was great to see him. Um, him plus I know like some of the media people hopped in and did some workouts too, which is super cool. They asked me to join in on Atalanta after Haley and them had just done it. And I was like, I think I'm gonna have to sit out on this one. Um, but I mean, that's just cool. He's leading from the front, you know, trying the obviously in scaled versions and things that are more appropriate. And just to see him do that was awesome. And so you've been there as a competitor, this time as a coach. How was that different? It was very different. I, it's so funny because I've been telling people, I think it's more stressful being a coach <laughs> than <laughs> being an athlete. Um, just because for me and like Kaylee being one of my best friends, I wanted to make sure I could as much as possible alleviate any outside stress from her life so that she could purely focus on just competing and that comes with a lot of different territories and um there's just like this pressure of when she's out there and you like can't do anything um where the stress is it's, it's different it's definitely a lot it's like a lack of control right you can't yes you just have to totally. put your faith in her and she's got to do what she's going to do but you can't really control it as much as you'd like to probably right <laughs> Yes, totally. And what's great, I feel like that, you know, Haley doesn't have a traditional coach. So um, although like Rich helps her a ton and I help her a ton, she doesn't have someone who like the other ladies and a lot of the men who are kind of like, you know, dictating her day to day. And um, I felt like it, it definitely played to her advantage just being like she didn't need that. But it was I was there to help her if I could. Yeah, that's an interesting statement you made there that at 19 years old, she's so used to kind of doing it with you guys, not as being told what to do. And so she doesn't need that constant coaching. Yeah, I, yeah, she is totally incredible. And I think 
that's kind of forced her into a place to grow up in a sense of like, we still want her to be a kid, you know, and have fun. She's 19. She should totally be doing those things. But she has this maturity at 19 to where, because in the tra- in the gym, you know, we all kind of do our, we just follow and we follow the leader as far as like Rich leads by example when programming comes and we all want to work really hard. Um, but she doesn't need someone to rely on. She's going to show up and get the work done. So now I kind of want to move into your, your life. <clears throat> and I've done a lot of research over the last two days. And it just more and more things just kind of kept opening up. So I'm going to say up front, we're probably not going to get through all this in one, one hour. So we may have to have you back in the future for a part two. I would love that. <clears throat> so uh, first of all, you grew up in, in Arizona, Phoenix, I believe. That's correct. Yes. And you started gymnastics at the age of five. Yes. And so <clears throat> walk us through that a little bit. As you're growing up through gymnastics, what were your competitive goals as you were going through the sport? And then you, you actually end up going to college on a full ride. Yeah. So I started gymnastics when I was young, five. And um, I just had so much passion for it. I... I mean, at five, right, I think most people are like, they want to go to the Olympics or they, you know, depending on the sport, you want to go to the World Series or whatever. And so I I wanted to go to the Olympics and that was just what I wanted to do. And at five, you don't really know if you're going to have that talent or you're going to, you know, things are going to line up. Obviously, making it to the Olympics is really hard, just like any other professional sport. Um, But I was in it and, you know, growing up, as a young girl, I dedicated a lot of time to gymnastics. I actually would like leave school early to go to training and I was training, you know, five plus hours a day commuting there. My mom would drive me and drop me off. And it was a a full life commitment. And I, I don't say that to take away from like that I missed out on anything, but I didn't have like a ton of friends in high school and my focus was just very much on gymnastics. Um, when I was 17, I actually, so, you know, at some point as you get older, you, you kind of find out if you're going to go to the Olympics or not, and that's just okay. And I knew I wasn't going to be going to the Olympics, but I still had this passion to go compete in college. And at 17, I actually hurt my knee really bad and had knee surgery and everything kind of shifted. And I still, thankfully was able to get a scholarship to the University of New Hampshire, but my athleticism before and after knee surgery was a little bit different. And I had to kind of fight back of just coming through that and being able to compete at the University of New Hampshire, um, which was an awesome experience in itself too. So growing up, were you more of like an all around gymnast? Because I know in college, as I kind of looked back through, it looked like you were more that power output gymnast, like the vault and the floor. Yes. Yeah. So growing up in gymnastics, I did all four events. Um, And like I said, like my knee surgery kind of was like the transition of, you know, my body changed and I just kind of just didn't have what I used to have. And in college, I competed vault and floor and the power output events were always better for me anyways, even as a young girl. Um, but I've always had to kind of fight a little bit more for my mobility and flexibility and stuff like that. And so what's neat about the University of New Hampshire is they have like all of your videos still <laughs> on their website that you can oh, they like, do. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, you can, uh, 
when you, you pull up your profile, it has like all your meet your senior year. I believe oh, it nice. is. <laughs> and so like, I got to see you vault. Uh, and I think you got a nine, seven that it, and uh, there are a bunch of floor exercises on there. Uh, and so it was really kind of cool kind of seeing you as a gymnast and now as this very powerful CrossFit athlete. Um, it was a, a cool contradiction. Yeah, I think gymnastics definitely helped my CrossFit. I know people always say that like, oh, I wish I was a gymnast or I wish I was, you know, you could say anything, a weightlifter or a runner. Because I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I ran more. Um, but it definitely helped with body awareness and picking up when I first started learning weightlifting and things like that, just having the proprioception of like my being able to move through and make changes that can come difficult to people sometimes. Did, did the weightlifting come as a result of your injury in terms of rehab and things like that? Or did you find weightlifting sort of after? Yeah. So I found it a little bit in college. We, I entered my first weight room when I was in college actually there and we did I remember trying to learn to clean but we didn't move a lot of weight it was just kind of more for the power um type exercise and then when I came into CrossFit is when I started actually learning technique like I had never snatched until until CrossFit um but definitely after injury like being in the weight room and doing those things um started the weightlifting journey I think one of the funny things ironic things is you won the gallows award uh for outstanding strength and conditioning uh why you were yeah. there <clears throat> yeah i you know it's funny i've always loved the weight room and i even though i didn't get into the weight room really like we always did conditioning and gymnastics outside of just doing the events themselves and I, my strength coach at the university of new hampshire i was always like oh i'll put an extra worker you know, I'll go work on this. And I remember I just spent a lot of time in the weight room and I liked it in there. And it's definitely led into my, you know, CrossFit career now because at the time I didn't even know what CrossFit was. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you won another award that was very different than that. And that is the Caltech uh, Signature Award for Math and Sciences. Yeah, so that was in um, my high school years, I think, uh, before college. But I... Yeah, I was always into science too. And I did well at math, which is, I just had a natural ability in math and I haven't done much with it since. But, um, but that's what led me into me. I got my bachelor's in biology. So um, just having that passion for science and stuff led me to get my bachelor's in that. You can never underestimate the power of barbell math though, really. <laughs> That's so true. Especially <laughs> I've been in situations where it's in kilos and the gym that I went to before I moved to Tennessee, we always lifted in kilos. So I feel like I have an advantage in that up to like a certain weight and then it just all falls off. <laughs> <laughs> so you also have uh, siblings that were very athletic as well. Um, a sister who was a cheerleader for an NFL team. Uh, and a brother who was a diver at the University of Arizona? Yeah, so my sister, she she kind of, we all were in gymnastics. Me, my oldest sister, Tamar, my older brother, Caleb, and then me. And then my little brother wasn't in sports as much. Um, but Tamar, she did gymnastics and then diving, and she ended up becoming a cheerleader for the uh, Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. 
And then my older brother, he was a gymnast too, and then went into diving. And he actually competed at um, the University of Wisconsin. He went there and competed there. And then, yeah, my little brother, he, I don't know, just yeah, everyone's so different, right? Like everyone's got different personalities. He was super into theater and he does like all this lighting and set design in New York City. He lives in Brooklyn now. And um, it's cool to see his talents, um, although they're outside of sports. I know we're talking about sports, but just to see how you all grow up under the same household and then everyone has their unique gifts and giftings and their passion for it. And so it's been cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. I, I come from that swimming and diving background. Uh, so a lot of time in the pool and chlorine hair and, and all of that stuff. So. Oh my gosh, I wish I did. Swimming has been, I, I mean, totally respect <laughs> what you guys do. Swimming is so hard. <laughs> It's actually been one of the fun things to watch over your career is how that's developed, though, and how much better you've gotten in swimming. Yes, um, I started out at the very, very bottom, so it was easy to improve. But um, I, I laugh looking back because in 2016 was my first swim at the CrossFit Games, and I sidestroked the whole thing. It was supposed to be 500 meters, and it, I think it was a little bit short. I came in like third to last, I think, um, and it was so hard. And then even I came to CrossFit Mayhem, and I think what people don't understand, and you could probably um, attest to this, but it takes a long time to actually gain that comfortability in the water. And I was at Mayhem and training before the 2018 game for, so if I moved here like December, I was swimming twice a week about um, about 2K or so twice a week, so 4K a week, all the way up until the games in August, so from December to August, and I remember getting into the water in 2018 and being, like, so ready to show all my hard work um, and freestyle the whole thing, and my heart rate was so high when I entered the water, I had to side stroke the whole thing, and I'm like, how is this happening? I've been training so hard for these many months and I had to side stroke the whole thing in 2018. Um, and then fast forward another year of spending time in the water and I was able to freestyle the whole 1K in 2019. But it's just a testament to, I think, time um, that builds, I mean, with swimming. Well, and there's a big difference between pool swimming and open water swimming. So when did you guys start going to Bob's to do the, the outdoor uh, open water stuff? Yeah, so we've always done that when it gets warm leading up to the game. But the majority of my time, I guess, in 2018 was in the pool until it gets warm enough and then we'll go there. Um, and I just think for me, for having a little bit of a fear of being in the water and not feeling comfortable, um, trying to lower your heart rate before I put my face in the water was a challenge. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't help that they're putting alligators and things in the water for you too, right? To Exactly. See, I mean, and that's like a testament at uh, seniors, the pond we swim with, uh, snapping turtles and there's snakes sometimes. So I'm like, that doesn't help the fear. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so back a little bit to, to New Hampshire, you moved clear across the country at 18 years old. What, that took a lot of courage. Like what, what made you make that big of a leap? Yeah, I just, I knew that I wanted to go to college for sure. And I had a couple options somewhere a little bit closer to home, but 
New Hampshire, I remember going on my visit and from a girl who's grown up in Arizona her whole life and barely left, I'd never seen a place that was different really. And my recruiting trip was actually in the fall. If you guys know anything about New England in the fall, it is mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, it is so beautiful. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, all the trees are like so pretty. And it was just, just a place that I'd never even seen or knew existed, I guess, even though that sounds kind of ignorant, but, um, and I just felt like I needed to go there and it ended up being one of the best decisions because people, when I first chose that, they're like, in Arizona, we don't even know where New Hampshire is barely. We're like, that's like literally the exact, the farthest state I could get away. Um, (laughs) And it wasn't because I was trying to escape anything. I just was like, wow, it's really cool here. I think I want to try going here. And I loved it there. So you stayed there for a little bit afterwards uh, and ended up at CrossFit Free. So what was the transition from from college gymnastics to that, that CrossFit life? Yeah, so, I mean, being a gymnast my entire life, I always had someone tell me what to do as far as strength and conditioning. I always, I never had to think about, like, what I would do for exercise because it was always told to me. Um, and I remember when I had graduated and finished at the University of New Hampshire, I didn't really kind of know what I would do fitness-wise. I thought, oh, maybe I'll run a marathon or I don't even like love running. So I don't know why that was something that I thought <laughs> was like, oh, this will be a good idea. I'll run a marathon. So I kind of started like training to run. And then I had this friend who was into CrossFit. And at the time I had never even, CrossFit wasn't really on my radar. I think I'd maybe heard about it. And he knew that I had done gymnastics and I was running and stuff. And he was like, hey, do you want to do the scale competition with me? And I was like, a CrossFit competition? And he was like, yeah, like, you're strong. I mean, you'd be able to do it. And I was like, I, I've never entered a competition without being prepared. So at the time, I was living still by the University of New Hampshire. And I'm like, let me try it, hop into the gym and try it sometime. So I, the first gym I joined was Ever Proven CrossFit, which was like right by where I had done college. And I went into that gym and took some classes for like maybe a month and then showed up to a scale competition. And we came a second. Um, I also was just telling someone on Mayhem Athlete because they posted this video of their doing pull-ups at one of their first competitions and they fell off the bar. And I know, I wish we had a video of this. We, the final thing we had tied for first going in, me and another scale team, and it was me and my male partner and then a female male combo. And the final thing was like the most pull-ups combined. And I was doing kipping pull-ups because, you know, I just learned the kipping pull-ups. And at 13 pull-ups, my grip just, you know, slipped off and I fell and landed flat on my back in front of everybody. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so embarrassing. Um, but it's just a testament to just the grit of like, I'm going to hold on until I fall off. And then <laughs> to see how far from loving the sport I was able to go, it's been pretty cool. And so you had mentioned that through your gymnastics career, you didn't have a lot of friends because you focused so much of your time on training. Um, And now you're entering CrossFit, which is known for its community. How did that change your life? Oh yeah. CrossFit has changed my life entirely. And the community is the biggest part of it. And whenever I'm telling anyone about CrossFit, that is the number one thing I always bring up. And I, I fell in love with CrossFit, not because I wanted to compete, which is 
funny because of what it turned into, but I really didn't have any plans to compete when I first started. And I just loved going to the gym and working out with my friends. And I got better from just showing up and doing classes once a day, um, like five times a week. And um, the community is, yeah, I mean, there's nothing else like it. There's no other gyms like it. And I think that's what's really cool and unique that you get to meet people from all different walks of life and everyone's got different goals and it doesn't have to be about competing. It can be about so many other things um, and that everyone's just joined by one one sole thing together. So it's pretty cool. So eventually you become a coach. Um, you have a biology degree. Does that help you in your coaching and, and even performing the the movements of CrossFit? Um, maybe a little, but I think it was more like my just growing up doing, or not growing up, but growing up in gymnastics and like having the background of like body awareness and like moving well for gymnastics type things. Cause there's a lot of like handstands and pull-ups and stuff that we did. And then um, the gym I was at when I moved to CrossFit free, it was such a great ground for, I had great coaches around me to teach me and help me develop into learning um, more about teaching the sport and I had plans I had like done all these clinical hours to go to PA school because that was my plan and at the same time I was falling in love with CrossFit and just coaching CrossFit and being with people that I changed those plans and um, yeah I think like you were saying before just coaching brings a whole another level to getting to know people and what's going on in their lives and trying to give them a safe space to just come and be themselves and work out and working out is so much about is so much more than just trying to look a certain way or trying to compete it's it's about just becoming healthier version of yourself and having a space and outlet to to do that with people who love and care about you so being a coach was really really cool and I do love when I have chances to hop in on classes <laughs> So there is a point, there's got to be a point where you realize, I'm pretty good at this. Um, yeah, I guess. So I had started that, I'd done that skills competition, and then I did the open. It was right around February. I had done the open after only doing CrossFit for like barely any time. And I got just wrecked in the open. Um, and then for a year I did CrossFit classes. I was also working full time. So I just take, like I said, five classes a week, nothing crazy. And in the open the following year, I came in, I was like 60 in the East coast. I was like 63rd or something. And at the time they took top 60 videos and top 45 women to regionals. So I remember being like, Whoa, I was like 18 spots away from like going to regionals. Like that would be really cool to go to regionals um because we had had someone from the gym who was regional so I got to go watch and I was like man this is so cool uh so for the year after that I had moved gyms because I wanted to dedicate more time because I really wanted to make it to regionals and the following year 2015 I was able to make it to regionals and then it just like you make bigger goals right you're like okay I made it to regionals maybe I can make it to the game um so it just kind of spiraled and so you, you eventually make the games as an individual athlete. And I'm not, I'm not even sure people remember that, but your rookie season, you were phenomenal. Like you, you finished you. 15th, 15th fittest woman in the world. 
Yeah, thank you so much. It was an incredible experience. And I think just the whole process of, I really, that year leading up to 2016, because 2015, I competed at regionals and they had named me a dark horse and I kind of went in and just totally had an adrenaline dump and blew up and didn't finish where I wanted to finish. I think I was maybe 10th or 12th at regionals in 2015. And then that whole year leading up to the 2016 season, I was very dedicated to, okay, you can do this. Like, let's make it work. And um, if you've seen me qualify in 2016 from regionals, it was kind of like a, I don't want to say a miracle moment, but it was a really cool way to qualify in because I was behind by uh, one point and I had to like win the workout to, or by six points, I think I had to win the workout to qualify to the games and the final event I was able to win. And so going to the games was just like, oh my goodness, here we go. And I really wanted to enjoy the experience from talking to other athletes in their first season, just seeing like you put so much pressure on yourself that you don't enjoy it. And I really wanted to enjoy it. And I did very much. And I mean, by God's grace, I ended up 15th, which is really cool experience. So yeah, it was awesome. And you, and you got to go to the ranch that year. That was the year they took you guys to the ranch and the last year in Carson, right? So you got to at least experience the games there, which would be pretty cool. Oh my gosh. Yes. And thank you for saying that. Cause I always, I don't forget about it, but like being able to compete at the Subhub center, I am so honored that I had that chance and to be that small group of people that did get to go experience the ranch, even though now by Corona and everything, a lot of other people got to, or I guess five other people got to experience the ranch, five men and five women. Um, but to be able to have gone back to her CrossFit for starting and compete there was so cool. And there, and there probably won't ever be another instance where you get told report to the lobby at 3 a.m. And you don't know what's happening, right? I mean, that must have just been insane. Yeah, I don't think so. I remember being um, in the dinner and Dave Castro saying, like, this is going to be the hardest games ever. And I know this is something crazy, but I thought it went through my head. I'm like, I'm going to have to, like, because he's like, people are going to quit. And I'm like, am I going to have to, like, jump out of a plane? Like, I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, like, what am I going to have to do? Like, um, and it was definitely a hard game. We didn't have a rest day that year, but being able to just wake up, the funny story about going to the ranch to, they gave us this list of the things that we needed. And, you know, I've never been to the game before. My coach had never been to the game before. And so we're like trying to plan out what we need. And I'm like, I can only bring what's on this list. Like, I'm like, they sent this list. This is all we can bring. So I show up and everyone's got like coolers of food and like, all this stuff and I literally only have what's on my list. I didn't even bring a debit card with me. And we get there, we end up getting like stuck in the airport. And I had at the time Carrie Pierce, she was one of my friends. She's still one of my friends, an incredible person. Um, but she had to buy me dinner because I was like, I didn't even bring my uh, I only brought my ID <laughs> because I thought that's all I needed what was on this list and I was completely not prepared. Tasia, are you a rule follower? I am. I really am. I know. This just came up yesterday, too. I, I don't know. I, I like following rules. <laughs> my, wife, my wife rips me for being a, a rule follower. <laughs> so you understand my pain. I'm like, I like to be on time. I like to, you know, follow the rules. They're there for a reason. <laughs> right. So that rookie season, you had five top 10 finishes. As a rookie, like that, yeah. that's got to like blow you away. Like, 
Awesome. Um, I was definitely super pumped. Thank you so much. It was, I started out really, I don't want to say low, but you know, the stuff that like the 7k at the ranch and the deadlift, I knew weren't going to be good for me. So those aren't trunk suits for me running and deadlifting. And then the swim was the next day. So I started out pretty low in the standings. Once we got into the sub hunt center and they gave me a barbell, I started climbing back up. So I had a lot of fun, like for me, those events in the sub hub center, I, I remember them still like very vividly. And, uh, the, the feeling is just something you can't really mimic even in, you know, different settings now. So I hold on to them for sure. I have I to think, ask, oh, oh sorry. How was the, uh, ring handstand pushup workout for you? Did so you well I, I did well on that. I think I came in fourth or fifth, you might know, but, um, I remember in the warm up area, I couldn't get myself to kick up into the handstand on the rings and figure it out. And I remember just being like, well, you know, it is what it is. We're going to go out there and figure it out. And when I got up there, I think I made it almost every time, got my feet locked in and did really well. I was strong in that position because it was kind of a mix between like handstand pushup and bench just with the ankle and um, paired with other things I was good at. And in the middle of it, I was, it, Carrie and I were just talking about this a couple weeks ago because her and I were going back and forth and um, I got a no rep on one of my handstand pushups. And so that pushed me from maybe if I would have finished like second or something to fourth or fifth, but I loved it because it was so fun. But I don't think we'll see those ever again. <laughs> no, no. I was at that games in Carson and I was in the tennis stadium watching it. I just, there are a lot of other people that should have gotten no reps. <laughs> Yours were probably decent, but that was a shit show of an event. <laughs> Yeah, totally. That's like, I didn't get to watch a lot of it from the outside, but oh my I mean, I've seen the past footage of like what you were experiencing and goodness. <laughs> well, another event, I think it was your best finish during that games was double DT. Yes. I think I came in fourth, maybe at double DT. I was like always bubble on the ones I did well in the of top three. Um, that was cool because I was in the second to last heat. So I won my heat and that experience of winning your heat is always really fun, even though it would have been, you know, you ideally want to be in the top heat so that you're, you're competing with the top ladies and um, you can see where they're at. But it was, I love DT actually DTs of any workout I could ever choose would probably be that heavy or double or regular. Um, anything that's all barbell, I accept gladly. <sighs> So it was so fun. That was a great workout. Uh, DT just crushes me every time. I think I'm going to be good at it. And then that fifth round just wrecks me every time. Hey, for most people, for sure. I mean, the good thing about double DT is you can't, you can't go out on fire, right? You have to be smart. And um, I remember my strategy was to break from the beginning, basically. And at first, in the first three rounds, I was like, maybe I've messed this up and um because a lot of other women were ahead of me and then slowly you could just see being able to chip away and um that was one time I was really grateful like for my coach and for myself and being like man I sucked this strategy and it worked because <laughs> a lot of times you're like eh, maybe I'll just you know throw it out the window and try something else <laughs> so you finished the 16th season and and then you make the decision to go to mayhem how how did that all go down? I, I, I think I read somewhere that there was a DM on Instagram and that's how it all started. So did they reach out to you? Yeah. So 
Um, I had got a direct message on Instagram um, about possibly joining the team. And at the time, who, I was actually who was that looking, from? It who was from the May, it was from the Mayhem Freedom account, but it was actually okay. Matt Hewitt who was running it. Got it. Um, and it went to like you know how you have like direct messages and you have like the other request. It went to like my request. So like I don't always check this all the time. I remember checking it and being like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Um, and I messaged him back and was like, I knew I was already looking for a, a new place and it was kind of just God's will that like that all happened. But I remember being kind of a little bit unsure because I had thought I wanted to see individual like in my head. I had gone and competed in 2016 and then 17, I wasn't able to compete. So 18, I was like, oh, this is going to be like my comeback of like competing individual. And I remember just leading up to going on my visit because I'm like, it's not going to hurt to go on a visit and see these people. And by the time I got to Mayhem on my visit in October, I was really like, please God, let them like me. I really want to come here. I want to be part of this team. Like I had so much fun on my trip. And um yeah, when I left there, it was Halloween time, and I was like, okay, I'll move after Thanksgiving. So a month later, I moved to Mayhem. So was that like a tryout, or or was it just to meet each other and see if we both like each other, or? Yeah, it was a tryout in a sense. I know they, because we had talked about it, a couple other girls had come, come through, and you want to make sure you fit because at the time it was affiliate. So like the person who's coming was going to be moving there and like living there and interacting with everyone. And um, so not only just like a personality fit, but also fit enough to be able to compete at the team because, you know, Rich, everything he's built is, I mean, incredible. And there is an expectation when you come and you're going to be a part of the team that, you know, you're here to, try and win the CrossFit Games, you know, or that's the the goal. The one goal is win the CrossFit Games, you know, there's not any like um, wiggle room for that. And um, so making sure it was the right fit for both of us too, that, you know, if I was going to pick up and move my entire life there, was that going to be a right fit for me? And it has been a perfect fit. So um, I'm super grateful that I got to drop that DM and that I'm still here. <laughs> It's funny because Kat and I say this all the time. We, we came down for the Mayhem Classic and it was my first time in Cookville. I think it was Kat's as well. And we were like, I would move here tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt when I got here too. It's, I mean, the people are amazing and it's a, it was a family right from the start. And I had people who cared about me from the start and being here, like we've only had deeper, you know, relationships with everyone here. And there really is just so much goodwill, like of people wanting others to do well. And um, outside of that too, I mean, it's a great place. It's super quiet. And I'm kind of like a more quiet reserve, like big cities, not really my thing. So um, it's been so perfect all around. So you compete that first year and the, and the team was made up of, and I think that was the, the first year they went from six to four, mm-hmm. right? And so you guys were putting together two teams. Yes. And that was the first year you guys had kind of done that. And your team was Matt, Lindy, Rich, and yourself. Yes. And you guys, did you guys hit it off right away and, and feel like, like a team or did it take some a while to get into that? that groove 
Yeah, no, we definitely hit it off right away. Um, so Matt, Lindy, and Rich had competed on a team of six previously. Um, so they had already been on the team together, and they knew that that was like they were a good match. And I felt like I fit in really well. I really came in solely focused on. I had some injuries I was kind of recovering from, so like getting healthy, getting super fit, and just dedicating as much as I could to heading into the CrossFit Games and winning those games and. Um, at the, like you said, we had a second team. So it was, um, Kristen Miller, Darren Huntsucker, Ellie Cabord, and, um, Ted Starkweather who were on that team. And so Ellie and Darren had been on the previous team of Mayhem Freedom. And so they were kind of leading that second team of Mayhem Independence. And then Kristen was my roommate at the time. So we were both kind of moved there at the same time we were thrown into this new atmosphere and like learning and just trying to get fit. Um, and then Ted, uh, has been around mayhem for a long time super fit awesome individual so the two team dynamic was very unique because i don't think there are many places like that i don't know if any that they're in the same under the same house um and showing up and having so many people to train with and pair with and push each other because mayhem independence they came in fourth at the crossfit games that year like they were no joke they're super fit so having them to do workouts against was a, I think a, an advantage to both teams. So I know that you end up winning the games that year, you know, spoiler alert, uh, 2018, you win. But I also saw a thing where it said you had, you felt so much pressure in that first year that you didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking back now as a, a more mature version of myself, I, had put a lot of self-inflicted pressure not it wasn't pressure from Richard wasn't pressure from mayhem or anyone here but just on myself not to I felt like I didn't want to blow the opportunity of being at CrossFit Mayhem because I knew how big of an opportunity it was and um that going into it my head I had to do a lot of mental like training as far as trying to remove that pressure because that was all I could think about was winning the CrossFit Games and I think to an extent that's good because that's going to get you focused but also it can be a detriment to enjoying your life and just being like actually okay like not putting your identity in the sport itself and when we won I remember it was a huge sigh of relief and but not really a sigh of like joy like although I was very happy um and I don't want that to take away from how awesome the experience was because it was really awesome but just looking back and seeing that there's another way to do it because 2019 was a totally different year for me and um a way more fun year where winning the gold medal was just filled with only joy um that yeah I think being able to separate your identity from your sport is important. So that's, that's the important part I want to kind of talk about is it's not that the, you had a bad 18. It's that it made you focus on your faith in, in God and Christ. And that that is what made you change that your identity was in that, not in CrossFit. And that made it more enjoyable for you. Oh yes. Yeah, so much more enjoyable. And I think, it's so easy to get our identity attached into anything, you know, like even what people think about us or, you know, Instagram or just so many other things and being able to remind myself that getting a first place medal 
you know, that's not, that's not going to be what's going to fulfill me in this world. Um, and that's my relationship with the Lord. And I, I think it's funny because I, I love just kind of getting one-on-one talking with people because you see when you look at someone who's standing on a first place podium of like, oh my gosh, that's it. Like, that's the Mecca. Like, that is it. And when you stand on top of the podium, you realize that a gold medal is fleeting. It's like very fleeting. You get it through emotionally at the end of the night. And then you're like, okay, what's next? You know, for us in 2018, it was like, okay, 2019, you know what I mean? Or 2020. Um, and it goes away really fast. And so you have to make sure you're putting your identity in something that's lasting. So on your Instagram, you have Psalm 63.3 listed mm-hmm. under your profile that says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Yes. <laughs> and so I think that that kind of shows what your identity became. And what I think is ironic is then you enjoyed 19, but it probably also prepared you for what 2020 was to become. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 2019 was the most fun I've ever had in a sport ever in my entire life. I think just the dynamic of Rich, Dre, um, Haley, China, and I was incredible. And then the change of sanctionals, I got to experience things I never thought I would experience. Like I went to China and I went to Australia and I went to, you know, all these things that I never thought I'd be able to do. And at the same time, I was just growing in my faith and surrounded by, you know, people that were helping me grow my faith and reminding me of the truth about myself. Um, something I really struggle with is I struggle with my self-worth and um, I have a low self-worth and uh, it can be poisonous when I'm feeling, when I'm putting my value in things of the world, it can be really poisonous. And um, so all throughout 2019, I was really working on that and just studying and being around people and um, winning gold medal in 2019 was awesome. Um, and then fleeting, right? It's gotten like that. And then 2020 happened and it, it definitely prepared me for this because of course I missed competing this year. I mean, I trained, we trained so hard this year, actually, I think more than ever in 2020, even through, um, the lockdown, we were training so hard, um, cause we still thought there was going to be a game. But when I, when we officially found out it wasn't going to happen, I was okay. And I mean, not only because my identity is not across it, but also just recognizing the realness of what is going on in the world and that me not being able to compete is a very minor problem compared to what other people are facing. And I have remind myself every day of all the things I'm grateful for. And there's so many things I'm grateful for, you know, outside of just that, um, you know, just having my health and my family and, you know, waking up in the morning. So um, it definitely helped me stay rooted through 2020 um, when sometimes it could have been easy to just be like, woe is me. Um, it helped help me through that and then to help Haley keep going. So, And so all through this time, Mayhem is kind of doing everything they can to help the community while the pandemic is going on. So you're broadcasting m30 classes all the time you're and you do the programming for that uh so how did that make you feel that you could contribute to the community in a way that benefited them 
And then you got to talk to them as you were working out and, and kind of stay in relationship with that. Yeah, the pandemic turned out in some ways to be a blessing in disguise. I mean, and that's not to take away from the horrible things that it has caused and the hardships that people have faced from it. I really don't want to take away from any of that. But being able to be in a closer community with the online um, forum, which we would have never done otherwise, like, I mean, that was definitely not in the books was to do all these live classes in our journey of CrossFit Mayhem. And then when this happened, it was, I'm so sorry. Um, when that happened, it was just like, whoa, oh my gosh, this is a way to like get closer to people and get to know people better. And like, there's still people that we have live streams now today that we've been talking to for months. Um, so the opportunity to be in community even deeper with people from all around the world has been such a blessing. And you also became a more... Uh, integral role on the podcast, the Froney and Friends podcast, and you uh, jumped into this, into the storm, which it was awesome. Like when people couldn't even get to their church, you guys gave them something to tune into, to stay in touch with their beliefs. Um, and it, you guys do, the more weeks you guys do it, the better and better it gets. And I, I love tuning in every week. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's been such great opportunities. I mean, being on the Front of Your Friends podcast is so much fun. If you listen to it, it's mostly us just like joking around, making fun of each other, um, which I love to do. That's like our normal life. And then Into the Storm was kind of bred out of the pan. It was also bred out of the pandemic, actually, not kind of 100%. We were like, what is something we can do on Sundays that's not church? We don't want to replace the church or pretend to be the church, but, you know, just get into the faith. And for me, I've been growing a lot in my faith since I've been here and I didn't become a believer until my early 20s so I feel like my knowledge base as far as theology is much lower than the other people on um, into the storm so it's been a step out in faith for me to show up because I get so nervous I'm like I have to pray and ask God just to like if you want me to speak help me to speak and if you want me to be quiet help me to be quiet because there's so much knowledge in that room for Into the Storm. Every person that sits at that table is just a wealth of knowledge, but also they want to love people and serve people. And they know that that's so important. So to be able to learn from them and be forced into a space where I have to like dive into scripture and think about it, like small portions of scripture has been a huge learning curve. Well, and it's so interesting to hear everyone's perspective on it because there, when you're when you're reading scripture and interpreting it, there's really no wrong way to interpret it. And so it's just as a as a follower of you guys in normal life, it's nice to just hear those perspectives of people that are sort of just like me, you know, that are athletes or like to do CrossFit. It's not I don't feel like I'm I'm hearing it from a, a preacher, you know, or someone like of the cloth. It's just everyday people talking about it, which is what I really appreciate. Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. It has been, I have learned so much from being on Into the Storm and focusing in on that and hearing other people's perspectives and seeing what they pull from the text, just like what you're saying. And it has been cool. And it's actually even opened up an opportunity for me to ask more questions. And that's what something when I'm on there, I want to make sure it's not like, hey, like you said, like this is 
what it is and I'm telling what it is. I'm like, this is what I read. Does this make sense? Like I've even asked <laughs> questions on there. I'm like, is this what they're saying? You know, and having other people weigh in on that. It's been a really cool format that just kind of, like I said, blossomed out of the pandemic. Well, as I expected, um, I'm not going to get through these notes. So I did want to get through a couple of the fun things at the very end uh, before we have to let you go. Um, so the first thing is, uh, you have a, like a brand now. You are the sunflower girl, <laughs> right? So you have your two pood weight belt and you have uh, the, the Tasia t-shirt and stickers that Mayhem selling. So where did the sunflower come from? And, and that's a pretty cool thing to have. Yeah, I mean, I've always just loved sunflowers. I don't have a better answer than that. I just think they're so beautiful. I actually have them sitting on like right behind my, <laughs> on my table right here. Um, I just think they're so bright and beautiful. And, you know, there can be sunshine even on, not to say something cliche, but, you know, like you can find sunshine in every day. And I love that about a sunflower. Um, so I've been super blessed to have uh, that represent me on like a bell and a shirt. I can't even believe it. And the logo they came up with is really cool. Yeah, that was Aldre. Um, and what an incredible artist he is and the things that he does with all the t-shirt designs. So I was grateful that he, he made that up for me and put it on a shirt. It was really cool. That's awesome. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about is there was an episode of Froning and Friends. Uh, called Chocolate versus Ranch <laughs> that I named on our roundtable as the best thing I saw on the internet that week. Uh, oh. <laughs> and when you guys said that either chocolate or ranch would make any food edible and you guys were eating, I, I can't even describe all the foods that you were dipping in chocolate and ranch, <laughs> but that was one of the, I laughed so hard through that hour. Oh, good. I'm glad it was. I mean, I had a stomachache after for sure, but <laughs> I, it was worth it because I was convinced just like most of us at the table that there's no food that's not going to taste good in either one. And what I did discover, because it's not chocolate or ranch, it's like one of them will work with any food that basically chocolate works with any food. I mean, just put cover anything in chocolate, it's going to be okay, is what I learned, which probably isn't something I need to know <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Um, but if you guys are wondering, on something, it'll taste good. I think at one point you said, oh, you could put this chocolate on my shoe and it would still be good. Yeah. I'm like, at this point, just, I don't even care what food you're bringing in. You don't even need to announce it. Just put it on a fork and put it in the chocolate fountain. I'm good. <laughs> still one of the best hours ever. So, Thanks. um. I have a couple, I have a couple questions too. So these are just fun things again with a little bit of a quiz. Okay. Okay. So. China, Rich, and Scott. Okay, yes. your three, your three teammates. Pick one as a travel companion, one as a teacher, and one you're going to get arrested with. Okay, that's easy. <laughs> China as a travel companion for sure. Um, Scott actually used to be a teacher in his like early life, so I'm going to choose him as a teacher, and then Rich get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so now, same questions. Violet Trace Lakeland. Oh, okay. So that's good. Trace, uh, get arrested with. I'll start with that one for sure. Um, so teacher Lakeland and then travel companion uh, Violet. She keeps you in order? Oh, yeah. She, I mean, all those kids are just absolutely adorable. She is just like, 
But Violet has like this super sweet demeanor. If you've seen her on the live streams and stuff, she's just like, hi, it's so sweet. Hugs all the time. I'll take her around anywhere. <laughs> Love it. Um, also one request. So yeah. when I met you at Mayhem, you signed a hat for me for my friend, Jason, who's a huge fan. And yeah. short of him coming over here during the recording to get to say hello to you, I'd be remiss if I didn't get him, to, you to just say hello to Jason. So if you could say hi yeah. to Jason. Of course. Hello, Jason. I wish you were here. Oh, he's going to die. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. And I have three short ones. Um, so my nickname at our gym is Thor. Oh. And, and that is your dog's name? Yes. So how is Thor doing? Thor is great. He is, I'm like, I don't know where he is. He's around here somewhere. He's actually my roommate's dog, but I've just like adopted him as my own Um He's, it's awesome. I love dogs. <laughs> and what kind of dog is he? He's a, he's like a bigger dog, right? Yeah. He's a purebred pit bull. Okay. Oh, nice. Has awesome. he met, has he met the froning dogs? He actually hasn't never been up to the barn. Thor is an indoor dog to his max. He really likes napping and eating. <laughs> Those are like his top activities. Um, where the froning dogs, they're a little bit more outside dogs. They get out, you know, into the woods. He's not, he's not into bison or anything. Or... No, he's a little bit more high maintenance. Got it. <laughs> and then I read somewhere that when you like to like just detox from CrossFit and all this stuff, you like to read and you like coffee. Yes. I mean, coffee. I love coffee. Probably too much. I know people are always like, hey, probably drink less coffee. Um, but I just like the taste of it. Uh, just like everyone says, that's like, I just like the taste of it. Um, <laughs> And I love to read. I feel like I get a lot from obviously the word, but also books and just how people are interpreting life and what they're learning. And I also really like just kind of, I'm reading this murder mystery type books. Those types, they're like not scary. I don't like like scary, but kind of psychological. Um, like, oh, who done it? That type of books too. So my two questions are, what is your favorite coffee drink? And what is a book you would recommend to somebody to read? Okay. So coffee drink. The thing is I drink like, I drink drip, like a pour over. That'd probably be like, cause I, a classic pour over. Um, but I also like Americanos and lattes. So what's, a, really what's a pour over from someone who barely drinks coffee? What's that? Yeah. So it's basically just like a drip, but you do it as one cup at a time. So it's a little bit of a longer method of like grinding the beans and weighing them out and then pouring it over the hot water over the beans rather than like in a coffee pot where it brews. Does that make sense? Yes. It does, um, so, so like that. Um, but I also, I also like a flat white. I, you know, okay. We'll just stop. I didn't even answer the question. I just named every coffee drink that exists. Um, and then a book. So I, books are always so hard for me to pick one to recommend. Um, I need to start having like a list of ones off the top of my head. So I try to think about the ones I've read recently. Um, for, I, I read The Alchemist like a long time ago and I've always loved that book. I think a lot of people have read The Alchemist though um, in just that storytelling. And then for kind of like a psychological one, if you guys have read Brain on Fire, it's a memoir, a true story of a girl who goes through this like brain thing. It's a really great book. Um, I'm also not just giving one. And then Harry Potter. I mean, all oh. seven books. Great. Yeah, Harry Potter's <laughs> great. So just speaking of books is my last thing, I promise. And it is that <laughs> my friend Athena, 
asked you yes. to write um, a segment of her book yes. uh, where you did a lesson after one of the chapters. So what was that experience like? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Her book, Lifting the Weight, uh, definitely got to check that out. She, I had never met Athena and it's so funny because she had messaged me on Instagram about like maybe being part of a book and just, I had like a really little tidbits of her story. She's like, can we do a phone call? We do a phone call and I swear it's like we had been friends since birth and we were having this conversation and just getting like, you know, Athena, obviously, I don't know, I've only met her over the phone, I need to meet her in person, but I felt like we were friends right from the start on the phone call, and we able to have this long conversation, like, we were on the phone for a pretty good amount of time, just talking about life, and, like, some of the struggles that we have faced, and to be just open with each other about some of the stuff we've been through, and obviously, if you read her book, you're going to find out more, and just to see someone like her, who's so strong and courageous, and be able to write a book like she has, and to share what she's been through is so tough. Um, man, she is such an inspiration to me. And yeah, I'm absolutely honored to even have a small part in her book. But yeah, we, we just spent some time on the phone just talking about God and things that we've been through. And that's kind of how that little tidbit came about. Awesome. I'm probably going to talk to her tonight. So I'll let her know that you said that. Please do. Please tell her to say hello. I need to call her anyways. <laughs> we're, we're all looking for excuses to get together and see everybody in person too like <laughs> dying i bet are you where are you guys located i'm in i'm in delaware okay and i'm in so columbus ohio okay are those both locked down i mean not really but it's just you know nothing's happened i need a i need a good excuse to go to a crossfit event i can't just sort of you know travel at will so i need some yeah, events to go to and it doesn't seem like there's many events to go to anyway. So. Soon, I hope. Soon, I hope. Yeah, same. Yeah, we have a press conference at 5.30 today to find out if the lockdown comes back. Mm. Okay, so we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I might just show up at Mayhem with like a bag of clothes and just hang out. Come for join bit. us. We would love <laughs> to love have it. you. Come join us. <laughs> well, Tasia, it's been awesome having you on. Um, this is... You've been on my wish board for a long time and so glad to get to talk to you and hopefully we can finish up these other notes at another time. Yes. Thank you guys so much, both of you for having me. It is an honor to be on your podcast and I'm glad we finally made it happen. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks guys. Have so Tasia, I have one quick request after yeah. that, that we're done with that. Okay. Is, we're done. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. If, if I bought a Tasia shirt, would you sign it so I can frame it for my podcast wall? Absolutely. What if I, um, I could send you a jersey too. I see some jerseys up there. Which would you prefer? Ooh. Uh, jersey would be the preference, Ooh. but yeah. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to ask for too much. No, I, I'd be happy to send you guys a jersey. Awesome. Well, I will, yeah. um, I'll send you my address and cool. I, and if Please you need do. me to pay for postage or whatever, just let me know. No, no worries at all. Just <laughs> let me know your address and I'll send it to you. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Tasia. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was nice to meet both of you. Yeah. Sure, take care. And hopefully, so hopefully there'll be another Mayhem event next year that we'll be at. And... I sure hope so. Yeah, who knows at this point? It's like a, I feel like it could go like either way, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have a great rest of your day. I know you're, you're slammed and stuff, so uh, enjoy well. the rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds Bye. good. Thanks, guys. Bye. Right. Bye. Yeah.
Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.